All right. So, here I'm sitting in Gordon's Bay with Gary Tirola. And you might ask, who is Gary Tirola? Well, you're going to find out. I Oof. met Gary. Gary, I met you in the store. Rose bought you for um, lunch, didn't you? Yes. Um, hi, guys. Um, Rose, I came with Rose because Rose and myself went vegan plant-based at the same time. And she brought me here because her mom met you in your Craig Hall store all the That's way back then. Right. That's right. Gosh. And how did she find out? How did you guys find out about the store? Oh, she came here with a friend or something. Um, I think she, yeah, she came with a friend. I think she just Googled your name because she remembered and wanted oh, to see gosh. where in the country you are. Oh, <laughs> and we found you. Gosh, I remember that day and we really connected because I remember asking you, you just opened up about the fact that you had addictions and and issues i'd like you to I, share. I know no no, no. It's, tell me the story like you told so, me so it's uh it's quite an amazing story because um you an open family and you're an open person um i get quite a shock factor normally when i because i'm very open um yes. especially with my history in uh, with addiction which i'm going to get into now but uh, I'm so open, so when everyone asks me, like, why don't you drink? I'm like, well, I was at rehab. Or well, what's what's wrong? Well, I was addicted to cocaine. And, like, the shock and, like, horror that you see on people's faces is priceless. Uh, but I do it because I'm actually, I'm, like, proud of the story where I've come from. Um, so I... I wasn't so shocked that day, was I? No, you were like, oh, wow. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was amazing. <laughs> Having it was, grown it was... up with alcoholic parents, it was pretty easy. <laughs> I was like, damn, she understands me. <laughs> um, so how did the story start? I mean, I was pr- private schooled here in Somerset West. Um, I had everything going for me. Fam- strong family, very close. Uh, had anything and everything I needed. Sporty, probably maybe that stereotypical jock at school. Um but from when I was a kid, like nothing was really enough. I was always like chasing more and more and more and more and more and more. Yeah. And then um, I was very big into rugby, left school, went to uni, played club rugby, and then stopped. And then I played rugby since I was seven till what was that, 21. And all of a sudden, I didn't have anything else. And then I started working in the liquor industry. And then I replaced, I think I basically replaced sports with drinking um i had already by the stage been drinking since i was 13 i think the first time i got like i had a blackout drinking session was yeah i was 13 i was great at i was turning 14 i was at a friend's house Uh, did you just like um, drink the bottle down or was it like so they did catch me out i um back back in the day we have to have these two liter hooch bottles and he, they had like a hooch bottle and they thought it was funny if they would like pour vit blitz into it and dared me to down down it. And now vit blitz, for people that don't know, is like pure petrol. Um, oh my word, that's like poison, man. Yeah, no. The that you're alive is a miracle. No, I couldn't, no, I couldn't believe it. It was, and it was with my two best friends. Still to today, they're still my two best mates. Um, Do so they still drink? They, no, they've, I don't know, like getting closer to 30 now, they're like slowing down. Yeah. They, I mean, we, we drank. So from that day, we drank as friends, like mm. throughout high school and binge drinked on weekends and like thought nothing of it. Only difference with me was I was drinking for the, the pure effect. Like I hated the taste of alcohol. Like mm. I was I was very aware of that fact, but I didn't want to admit that uh, like I had mm. a problem. Like drinking is fine in our society. Um, 
then stopped rugby and then all of a sudden drinking wasn't enough i was like drinking and like getting paralytic and you know i always i drank till i threw up like no matter when i drank um so it didn't become like a daily drinking scene but i i was changing um Mm. and then it was as simple as being i had a friend over at my apartment and he pulled out a bag of white powder and i didn't his first time i'd seen cocaine and he didn't even offer me and then um so i'm not like i can never blame the guy um but then i was like give me a try it's time to step up step up the game um you're laughing it's actually shocking and uh no it's it's good that i can laugh at it because yeah. uh, it just reminds me of where i came from and yeah. then uh had that line of coke and went out and i i to this day this is why i tell everyone not to try coke that was the best night of my life um like I've never come close to that feeling of euphoria. I've never come close to a feeling like that. Um, and it was from then on that I started chasing that feeling. Um, it's so stereotypical of me to say that, but so the first time is amazing, and then the, the, f- next the first time is not time, so, quite so, the same. so the next time is similar, but it's like it starts weaning off a lot. Yes. Um, you you get used to so like uh, the same way you get drinking fits, you also get yeah. cocaine fits. Um, do you? Um, yeah. So you have to, you land up doing more and more and more and more yeah. and more and more and more. Um, and it starts wearing off and you, you don't experience the same high like you used to. Um, then I didn't do it for a little while. So I did it and then I had the downer um, the next morning and I phoned a friend of mine that wasn't been through recovery and I was like bawling my eyes out. I was like, I've ruined my life. And like, I can't believe I've done this. And I've always, I was always against drugs and I don't know what I'm doing. And he like consoled me over the phone. Um, and then like a couple hours later, I obviously came out of it, had a bit of a sleep and I was back on it. You know, I was like, cool, well, I don't care. But it was about two or three months later, I tried again and then like a month later. And then it just got to a point where I was working in the lick industry. so. I was repping a few brands and I had to be out at clubs with uh, owners and it, it's very easy. I mean, in that industry, Coke is quite, it's all over the place. Um, yeah. So the club owners are doing it and you're getting free at this club and and you're having a lunch meeting there and it just, it becomes a wild thing because you justify to yourself that you're out for work and this is what you yeah. have to do. And yeah. you know, Keeps and, you going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, maybe I wouldn't have done it as much as I did if I wasn't working in that industry, but mm. I was out four or five nights a week. Um, and I didn't realize this until the end, which was four years, like f- between four and five years after I tried it for the first time. Um, but I couldn't go out without having it. Come and on. if I did, if I got caught in a situation where I couldn't have and I could only drink, then I would drink a lot, like like a lot, copious amounts, um, but also kind of hide the amounts I'm drinking. Like for instance, if I'm at a bra on a Sunday night and it's not really the place where I can disappear and go buy a bag of cocaine, I would go pour everyone their glass of wine. But when I'm in the kitchen, I was dating someone at the time. Hmm. Um, and I would go into the kitchen and pour myself a glass, drink it, pour myself another glass, drink it, and then pour everyone a glass and myself and come back. Yes. So it's almost so like So they three thought you were one. having a yeah. Yeah, I'm having a glass and I'm a lightweight. Mm. That's that's yeah. what everyone thought. Yeah. Um, but meantime, and and the wine was running out quickly, and you know, I'm like, hey guys, got to slow down. Always blaming it on the next person. Mm. Um, so it got to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't go out for dinner or go out at all to a club. Definitely not. I mean, to a club I was using. Um, 
it was just too easy to buy within the clubs. Um, and this time I was in Joburg. And uh, I didn't realize for a long time. I started getting depression. I went through, uh, I got to a point where I wasn't telling people about um, that I was using. The guys I started using with, they were just using casually. And by this mm-hmm. time that stopped. So this is four years down the line. Um, I was using on my own. It's a very lonely lifestyle. They say like cocaine is like flaunted as the social drug. Like it definitely it's not. I'm like alone in cubicles and all over the place. And I became like super depressed to the point where I was going to see my GP like as a psychologist. Like oh, no for way. nothing else. Like I was craving to just offload. Talk to somebody, yeah. And he, he realized what's going on. Um, and he... I just said to him, look, Doc, I, I'm a positive person. Like... I'm, I've got to, there's three very distinct times in my life where I was very close to committing suicide. Um, and it was all when I was coming off drugs. And I knew, I, I started realizing I needed help, but I, I was too much of an ego. Like my parents didn't know, I had to tell my parents, like what's going to happen Did to my life. Did your parents know? No, no, no. no they didn't no one know knew. about this? No, my parents didn't know. They were in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in Joburg, so it was easy to hide from them. Like yeah. My girlfriend that I was with for three years, um, had zero idea. You're kidding. Yeah. Um, she knew I, I played around with it when mm. we started dating. So she said, the condition is if we start dating, you can't like how I'm playing around with it. Yeah. So I was, I went into defensive mode straight away. That's what mm. I was. I was a king manipulator. So I was just, cool, don't worry. Won't touch it ever again. And that was that. I mean, she just trusted me. Yeah. And you just behaved in a different Shame, way. Shame, man. Gosh. I just, I had two, I, there were two Garys. It was, Gary that was the family guy and the happy guy and the other Gary that was putting his phone off at 9pm at night saying he's going to bed and going out. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, that's what I realized. And um, it all came down to my GP said, go see the psychologist. You need to see him. I went to see him. I lied to him and he wanted to put me on antidepressants. And already then I was like, there's no, I, like, I still think I said word for word. I said to him, like, there is no fucking way I'm going on to antidepressants. And he's like, well, you've got other bigger problems. He's like, you got to stop drinking. And I was like, but drinking's not a problem. <laughs> he's like, it goes hand in hand. You need to start drinking. He knew that you had to stop drinking to get rid of the depression because um, you wouldn't take antidepressants. Uh, no, he. I think he was trying to push me into a corner. Um, he knew I was taking drugs. And okay. He knew I was drinking a lot. And but he, he knew, knew that if the was, drinking and the, the drugs reason. would stop the depression. Yeah. So as a psychiatrist or psychologist, what psychologist. was Psychologist. They knew that if you stopped the drinking and the drugs, the depression would go. And yet they were offering you antidepressants first. I oh, know. It's crazy, yeah. I mean, it's that's, very that's crazy. the medical industry. Like pump I suppose they know the average person doesn't want to stop what they're doing. They mm. just want to pull. Mm, it was... Uh, can't always blame them. I was in a horrible place there. Yeah. Like I, and, and I was lying to him as well. So I wasn't, he didn't know how much I was doing. Yeah. Like I was like very underestimating it. Like, yeah. um, anyway, so I said, cool. I, I went with it very reluctantly. I, I hated not having control. Um, yeah. So I said, I'll stop drinking. Stop drinking. And when I wasn't drinking, I wouldn't, go out at all like mm. I, by this stage I wasn't working in the lick industry anymore okay. like I'd left so okay. I was working corporate finance and like stopped drinking and I was like I was hating life still so like I was white knuckling it so I was I wasn't drinking and uh, I wasn't doing drugs it was, it was two months in um, but like so depressed still 
and like because I wasn't sorting out the cause. Yeah, the, the cause of my drinking and drugging was up here. It was mental and like you know, emotional. Um, and I went to a fiftieth. My my best friend. They're gonna laugh if they listen to this. It was so it's my best mate who got me who I drank with the first time when I was thirteen. Um, his girlfriend's parents fiftieth. So rock up to this fiftieth. And he knows now what he... So Brandon was the only guy in the world now that knew yeah. that I, I'd confided in him and said, listen, this is the reason I'm stopping drinking. Yeah. I told my family and friends that it's because health reasons and mm. I'm, I've got depression. I was blaming it on the depression. Um, and then he was very strict with me at the party. Like it was irritating because all I wanted was a drink. Yeah. Like everyone's partying. And he's like, don't you dare. And I was drinking I was drinking Red Bulls. Speeches started. And as the speeches started, it was a big do at the house. I snuck out. I quickly just topped my Red Bull up with vodka. Went back. So I'm like, what's it going to do? I'm far away from my dealer. Had the first sip. It's just like my eyes opened. Second sip, third sip. Finished that drink. I I don't even think I finished the drink. I was in the car. Drove. Must have been about an hour to uh, my dealer. Picked up and, I mean, the rest was history. I partied and binged for three months. Oh, Um, my word. Until I I hit rock bottom, I was on a business meeting in Cape Town. Okay, this is exact ties into what you always say. Like things happen for a reason. Yeah. I was uh, I was in Cape Town where my family was, and that's when I realised I had to go to rehab. Um, I was so unhappy. Nothing major happened. I, I woke up in like a not woke up. Sorry, I was awake all night. <laughs> I was watching the sunrise. We paid myself and this this friend um, or acquaintance. We were in like this hotel room and I was just like, like, so this is not right. Like I, I'm literally, I don't even know what I did that night. I can't remember. Just blackout and I hadn't even slept yet. I phoned Rose, um, who was at that time, Rose was my manager. And I, I just phoned She didn't know you had these issues. Uh, she knew she knew I was dabbling in it, but not as yeah. bad as this, like not at all. And I phoned Rose and I said, look, my parents are in the sky flying home from America. They're not home yet. Like, um, I have to go to rehab. Like, basically, I can't remember. I was, I was very high when I called her, so I don't remember the conversation too clearly. Um, and I just remember her telling me, I, I said to her, do you think I should bust myself and drive to go bust myself with my dad's brother because that way I know yes when the come down finishes I'm not going to like retreat back yes, from what no. I'm saying she said Gary whatever you do just get to your uncle safely but you gotta go yeah I was like it's now or never you know got into the car I just I knew it was like that for, so the worst thing ever that I drove but like I just made a decision I was dying trying to save myself from dying yeah. later yeah um Got to my aunt, uh, aunt and uncle's house. Uh, he was at work, and my aunt opened the door, and I was just like, burst into tears. I just told her, like, they were they, they were the right people to tell because they could also soften the blow for my yeah. parents. Um, stayed at the house. My parents landed that night, and yeah, um, that was Friday. Um, yeah, that was Friday. Monday, I clocked into. I had a room already in. Uh, I went to a Kiso in Kenilworth. Um, yeah, it was cool. I had to tell everyone. I mean, I had to tell my girlfriend. She couldn't get a hold of me that weekend I'm in Cape Town. I had to tell her. Look, I actually flew up to tell her with my mom. 
I flew up and said, look, I'm going to rehab. She says, for what? Oh, no. <laughs> lots we need to catch up on, but let me go to rehab first. Um, anyway, so it's a bit shock, but they they rallied behind me, man. I've got such a strong family. Uh, I think we That's all amazing. went through a, a lot of rec- our own recovery. Uh, yeah, th- I mean, my family had to accept the fact that I was lying to them a lot and abused a lot of people's trust. And um, but at the end of the day, if it wasn't for me doing drugs, I would never be the person I am today. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like you, you like I said to you earlier. You, when you hit rock bottom, you become stronger, and the yeah. people that stick by your side, just because of the faith they have in you, those relationships become so much stronger. Yeah, that's amazing. So yeah, so I, I'm, I mean, I'm grateful every day, like just to be alive. So. So at what point did you decide you were going to get healthy? Um. When did you so, start? So I was in rehab. This was oh. the this I, I so I started running a bit when I was doing drugs it was almost like a fail-safe plan yeah. um because i'd go partying without anyone knowing and then the next morning i would go running because so like in my head like someone that's using drugs is not going to go running the next morning so this so, is part of your like your scheme to like yeah, scheme yeah oh, completely like just to like manipulate everyone yeah. i was playing chess with everyone yeah. around me that's um, pretty exhausting though hey oh i think that's what sank me actually it was the depression and the lies yeah. Like, I couldn't carry more lies. Gosh. You don't understand? Like, every different person had a different story, so I'd have to remember. My my memory's oh, my impeccable. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't understand. Um, and then, so at rehab, so now, oh, so now I'd booked long ago, before I admitted to my girlfriend and her family, I was joining them on, a, on their family holiday with her dad to Amsterdam to go run the Amsterdam Marathon. Oh, really? So... <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I've booked this, and this is two weeks after I get out of rehab. Um, And obviously, I tell her I'm going to rehab, and I get to rehab, and they tell me, you're not allowed to train. And I'm like, you're telling a control freak. I'm not allowed (laughs) to do something. I've given up everything. What is the reason? um, For cross-addiction to training. They've had had a couple cases, um, which is relevant. There's a couple cases where people have cross-addicted and started training like, Maybe I, I, I maybe I've cross addicted already, but people like some people like train in the gym for ten hours. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so I mean, they just have it's to just cover their bases. another way of numbing your brain. But the funny thing is, though, they they suggest to you to not to not to stop smoking because I was smoking at the time. Yes, yeah. Um, they were like, stop, stop everything, but don't give up cigarettes because if you stop too much at the same time, yeah, it's too much. It's too much. So I kind of followed that idea because. So I, I carried on smoking rehab afterwards, carried on smoking. And I think it was, I came out, that was September. I came out like October. I was still smoking, went to Amsterdam on the trip, did the marathon with absolutely no training. Um, still smoking? Uh, yeah, still smoking. You have an amazing body. Um, you see, here's the human body <laughs> is capable of so much and can handle this abuse and just doesn't pack up. Yeah. Straight away. You know? No, I don't know how this this horse didn't pack up there. <laughs> <laughs> I rocked up. Uh, and obviously, the rehab facility and psychologists were like telling everyone, like, do not let Gary go to Amsterdam. Because um, it's the capital, you know, drug yeah. capital of the world. And I'm like, guys, I bought myself in here. If I'm going to do drugs again, I'm going to do it. Like, it doesn't matter oh. where I'm going. So yeah, you exactly. can't stop me. I, I, you know, at this stage, I'm are. stubborn. You know, I'm like, yeah. uh, uh, whatever. Like, I've stopped everything. I'm going to Amsterdam. Um, and when I, I ran that marathon and uh, it was it was a great time because that's when I realized 
I've always loved fitness. Mm. It's just I got it got clouded in the middle mm. somewhere, you know, beginning of my twenties. Um, stopped. So that yeah, that was October. I kind of like smoked to get myself because the first year out of rehab is the toughest. Rehab is easy. Yeah. You sh- behind walls. You're protected yeah. by psychiatrists, psychologists. Uh, it's when you come out and you face it's the a real, real world, world yeah. and people forget what happened mm. and they carry on with their life like yeah. they should. Um, I I bat. I battled. I just didn't. I was. I was it, I'm like a newborn baby because in rehab they break you down emotionally, yeah. um, just to build you up again. So yeah. I was like a baby coming out, you know, and, and it was hard for my girlfriend at the time. So I struggled, smoked up until um, March. And the reason why I know Kelly is smoked till March because in March I decided I was going to do the half Ironman in Durban, which is end of June. It's like I'm doing it. Yeah. I was like, I'm stopping everything. This is what I want to do. <clears throat> Trained, joined a group, and when you train for a triathlon, you train twice a day, mm. seven days a week. Sure. It's there's no way around it. So you become extremely fit, extremely obsessed, and you invest so much in the sport that you just it's kind of becomes your life. Yeah. Um and I loved it. It was a great group of friends. I Joined up with old friends that I hadn't seen in a while. And I was just having the time of my life, man. I was keeping busy. I had so much more time in my day now. Yeah. You know, like I was sleeping at night. I was yeah. sleeping eight hours a day. Got to training. Anyway, I did the half hour. And man. everybody was getting the same story this time around. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. I was under like a, a magnifying glass. Yeah. Like people were... Um, Watching. Sure. Big time. Big time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never like... I had to get on my knees with, with my girlfriend because she, she stuck by my side and I had to accept the fact that she's going to be angry at me some days and she's going to be upset with me some days and she's going to support me. Yeah. And it was like very, it was like, it was hard. Um, and anything I did, she wants to know, you know, like, she wants to know where I'm going and <laughs> I, had to, I had to be honest for the first time mm. in my life. Mm. And I've already formed this habit of lying. Mm. So what I was finding was I was, I'm like sober and all that's an open and I'm like catching myself lying, but I'll bust myself because it's a habit now. Like, so someone yeah. asked me something and it'll be like, it'll be something so random. Like, like you go into the show, what are you getting at the shops? And I would like, it would just come, it would be a reaction just to like lie about what I'm buying even. And I had to like reprogram even that. That's amazing. It, it was hard. That's hard work, man. Yeah, so hard. Because now it was more natural to lie than it was to yeah. tell the truth. Gosh. It was mind blowing. Um, but don't worry, I'm honest now. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I know that. But I, I know several people who have done or are doing what you're doing. Mm. So it's so amazing that you're so honest about this because. I, I have to. When I, when I took myself to rehab, I said, I'm doing it for myself. Mm. I want to save myself. I said, but there are people out there that need to be saved. And if I'm going to, I'm going to be completely honest to everyone now. I've yeah. lied to everyone, but now I'm going to be brutally honest to everyone. Yeah. So um, still at the time, that company that rose was that I said to the directors, I'm like, guys, I'm going to rehab. I've got a drug addiction. If you don't like it, I'll resign or you can fire me, you know, yeah. told friends. So I've, I've, I lost friends, but the, they weren't real friends in any case, no. you know, and gained back my old friends from high school. And like, if someone doesn't appreciate the fact that I went to rehab and I sorted my drug addiction out, then I really can't care. Like it's literally, and it's at two today. It's the f- one of the first things I will bring up. Um, I'm single now. Like if I've gone a date, 
like some people hide it i'm just like come um, out like it's like what do you do i'm like i'm an alcoholic and i'm a recovering addict <laughs> and uh it's just because it's probably the thing i'm proudest of the most yes. and uh i want to I show it off and i want to help people and you don't want to lie anymore mm, no done yeah. <laughs> so maybe i'm too honest but it, but it works uh, but anyway to go back to that so i did the half man and then that's when i was like i'm getting in i wanted to study um I want to know how to eat healthier. Yeah. And I was like, I need to, I want to study nutrition. And I was like, I didn't know what to study and it played around in my head for a while. And that's mm. when Rose, through this whole escapade, Rose and I got very close. And um, oh, what happened? Then I moved to Cape Town and then yeah. Rose brought me here. And yeah. then that's... Uh, you introduced me straight away to the because course. Because you are on the 100 Days to Health. 100 Days to Health. Um, and how did that work for you? 100 Days to Health. It was incredible. It was a slow process. I'm used to like fast hits. Yeah. Give it to me now. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was good. I think I did it quicker than the 100 Days. Though. Um, <laughs> because I didn't finish. The, so I started the 100 Days to Health and then started studying within the first week, I think. Yes. <clears throat> And then studied for a week. So it was like, oh, it was two weeks in actually. It was so 100 days to started health. applying what you'd studied. Yeah, and I was just like, screw this, I'm going vegan. And like, I was like, cool. And then I, I mean, I did, it the, I did it the way that you say you shouldn't do shouldn't it. And I would jump in 100%. Because um, <clears throat> I'm like, it's all or nothing. And it was two week gap, I'll never forget. It was two weeks. <clears throat> I thought I was tired from training twice a day from triathlon. I remember. <clears throat> Sorry. And... Like two weeks later of being plant-based, I had like energy. I wasn't falling asleep at 4 p.m. And I was like, what? This can't be true. Like, what am I going to tell my butcher dad? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I can't. My taste buds have changed. Dad, I'm a drug addict and an alcoholic. Dad, I'm a vegan. Yeah. I'm like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> like, and he's a butcher. Oh, and I was like... You know what? I, I was, at that stage, I was respond? just so grateful. Um, no, so they saw me at that stage. I was living uh, living in their in their house in Somerset West because I just moved back from Joburg. Yeah, and uh, they could see what I was doing, and it was like foreign, strange. Like mm. we'd have chops and burros, and I mean, I was eating like a whole rotisserie chicken at that stage. Like when I would oh, go to a restaurant, I order the roast chicken for myself. Yeah, like that's what I ate. Like protein, protein, protein. Yeah. Um, and I saw the benefit and I was explaining to them the benefit. They're quite understanding. My yeah. parents are, I mean, they're amazing, amazing people. They, they've, I mean, not just from supporting me, they supported me my whole life. And yeah. so when I was explaining to them that I just had a lot more energy, they were like, okay, cool. That's uh, like it works for him. <laughs> yeah. And that's when in your course I started learning between your course and also the fact that it's very hard, besides your restaurant, it's got delicious food. But if you're traveling around South Africa, it's very hard to find like a, a or back then, like a very good vegan meal. I think mm. since then, there's quite a few restaurants opening now. Yeah. Um, so you kind of like, for a healthy plant-based meal, you need to know how to cook. Mm. And I knew how to cook, but like I was an expert in roast chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I started teaching myself and then I was cooking at home and then it like landed up cooking for my parents and that's um, I'm trying to tie it into where my dad because I wrote my dad and both well, my mom parents. went away and you and your dad were left at home and you were cooking the meals wasn't it? that's I right so you remember that. better than me yes. um, 
Yeah. So my mom went away. My mom went to yeah. To my the sister. States, your sister. And mm. it was just my dad and I at home and like either my mom was gonna cook him his meat or like he wasn't gonna cook. I mean he works all day. He's in the butchery industry, retail. And he and he, he works cook. all day. He'll cook, but I mean he's like he gets home at like six. Yeah, now, you know. So I said to my mom, Go, enjoy. Like my mom worries as it is. I said, Go enjoy. I said, What I'm not cooking extra. That's just the type of person I'm. I'm not like, I'm very sociable, but I'm also not like a people's pleaser. So I'm like, I'm going to cook for myself and dad. If he doesn't want to eat it, then he doesn't have to eat it. Like, <laughs> but I'm not cooking meats. Like I'm done with meats. Anyway, that's what I did. And he was enjoying it. Um, at the time you, in the course, it was in the course where you told me to read it, but Dr. Neil Barnard's uh, program for reversing diabetes. Yes. And my, uh, I just finished reading that, and I was fascinated that she could reverse diabetes. Yes, and your father's diabetic. Yeah, for 20, she was diabetic for 20 years, type 2, um, yeah. high cholesterol, high blood pressure, uh, kidney stones, ulcerosis, colitis, overweight by… Oh, how much was he weighing when you started? He was weighing close on 150. Kilograms. Kilograms, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so in pounds, it's times two point two. So it's like way over three hundred pounds. Oh yeah, like let's call and it. And he's, he's not that tall. I'll tell you now because it's so it's probably about three twenty pounds. So one fifty times two point two, like three thirty pounds. Yes. Um, and he's his height tall. is f- uh, five five ten. Yeah. Uh, five for ten, uh, or like one meter seventy eight. He's exactly yes. the same height as me. Yes. Um, and I said to him, Dad, look. I've just read a in the book. Doctor Barnett says it's the people that are diabetic are stubborn and not going to change to plant-based yes. diets. But yeah. a plant-based diet is what reverses it. Yeah, and he's like, suggest to them to do it for three weeks and not longer. Yes, he says because within those three weeks, their taste buds will change. They'll feel the like the effects of a great diet and lifestyle change. Yeah. So I was like, oh, so nervous. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do it. Um, suggested to him and it wasn't really like a, I didn't have to sell it I mean I'm a natural born salesman so I was like ready with like the one liners and everything and he's like cool I'll I'll try it for three weeks but I'm not going longer this is while your mom's away now Mm, no, this was as she got back. Okay. As she got back. Um, no, I needed some support. Because oh, now he'd like tasted the food and yeah, he realized yeah, he the, the food. food's quite nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he, would, he would like every now and then he realized he would bring home his, his own meat and then bright himself for yes. himself. I remember you bringing him here on World Vegan Day. Yeah. He wasn't a vegan, but you brought him for lunch. And I came yeah. and took a photograph yeah. of this butcher in a yeah. restaurant. <laughs> no, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, and he tried it for three weeks and... Four weeks went by and he was still vegan. Five weeks went by. What was happening like to his blood sugar? Six, so uh, after, so he's got a home kit at yeah. home to test. Yeah. And his sugar, um, day one, should I say day zero, his sugar was at 12. Oh, That's wait, kind of where it was. High. Yeah, Goodness. very high. Yeah. Uh, your normal levels are five. Yeah. Uh, by day 30, should I say, after the first month, it was under five. It was yeah. like 4.2, um, like straight away. Yeah. And that, and because Gosh. he likes doing things his own way, mm-hmm. he took himself off his meds, uh, his uh, insulin meds. Yeah. And that was, he was sitting at 4.2, like on no meds either. On no meds. Yeah. Wow. Like this is, this is incredible. Like, yeah. and anyway, so I didn't bring it up because I was like, how come he's carrying on? So I, I left it because I wanted him to carry on. Yeah. But after six weeks, I said to him, I like, we were cycling together, like, 
That's right. Blow me down. Your dad started cycling yeah. with you. You were running and he was cycling yeah. behind you. I mean, I'm you. training for triathlons and he's like, I'm running and he's like cycling next to me. I mean, you must understand the guy supported me in every sports match, but he's ne I've never trained with him. He's never done any activity. And I s turned to him on the bike and I said to him, uh, do you know that it's six weeks on the line? You passed your three weeks of being plant-based. Like, why Like, why the hell are you plant-based? <laughs> <laughs> I was confused. And um, he, he said to me, and this, this is the moment in my life that I knew that this is what I wanted to do. This is kind of my purpose, um, that I, I wanted to get people healthy. He said to me, son, um, I've never felt this good before in my life. So why would I want to go back to diets that made me feel groggy it's and a terrible. Slam dunk. Once you felt it, I don't have diabetes anymore, and and the, oh, then he turned to me and he's like, "This is the line." He's like, "I want to thank you for giving me a new lease on life." And I was just like, just those like few little words. It's just like they were so powerful. Yeah. And I was like, the guy's sixty at that stage. You're sixty seven. Two knee replacements, <laughs> like. By this to today, so I mean, how many months down? I think he's like nine months down. How um, much weight he lost? He's w lost now. He is down to a hundred and seven kilograms. So he's lost forty three kilograms so, times two point two is nearly a hundred pounds. Yeah, forty three times two point two. It's ninety five pounds. Yeah, so it's nearly in like nine pounds. months. The guy's a machine. Months. He's like he was on nine schedule five meds. He's off all of them except one, the yeah. high blood pressure tab. But uh, he went, he just went to the cardiologist a month ago. And, and what did um, the cardiologist have to say? I think he was shocked. Like my dad's like looks like a different person. No, now. he doesn't <laughs> even look like the same person. I mean, he's lost a third of his body weight basically. Yeah. So he's a third of him is gone, and he's like turned from this big uncomfortable. If I think when I met him, he was this big, people that are carrying so much weight look uncomfortable yeah. in their yeah, own yeah. body, and he's looking confident and comfortable mm. and he's gone from having a sort of typical bloated face to becoming this good-looking older man who's like happy there's yeah. this light in his eyes he you know that he he used to sleep in the afternoons often like so he works on saturday like after work on a saturday or yeah. uh, like a late afternoon sleep he has not we we're chatting about it the other day he has not slept in the afternoon once since he went plant-based that's amazing like he's actually got too much energy. My mom said yeah. to me the other day, like I actually hope he eats. I wish he eats a steak because the guy's up at nine p.m. doing housework <laughs> <laughs> and like packing up stuff. She's like, uh, but it's uh, and it's amazing. And I must give my mom credit as well because she's she also lost ten kilos. Uh, she went plant based just because the two guys in the house were. And yeah, she had no choice. You know, so she, she's like, she, she really always used choice. to be the healthy one and yeah. now you guys were like radically healthy. Yeah. Oh, like you got to join this, yeah, you jump yeah, on this yeah, ship. Yeah. Um, and what? she's also, she's like, um, I mean, my mom is now 54. 54? Yeah, I think so. Um, and she also like suffered with migraines and uh, like spastic colon and things like that. And I think uh, I I could be corrected, but like may maybe some menopausal, like hot flushes mm, hot and all flushes, that. Hot flushes, yeah. And um, she doesn't have any of that anymore. Well, like, that's amazing, right? <laughs> like I mean, you've got most people struggle the most to get their family to change, and mm. and their family might change years down the line yeah. when they've tried everything else. And that's what's amazing in your story mm. is your parents 
changed. They were the first people yeah. that you helped. And, and yeah. to me, that shows me that you're going to be able to help so many other people because mm. you have a way where you just inspire people. I mean, inspiring yeah. your parents is not an easy thing to do. I know. So I thought it was impossible. What did your parents, friends and family and your friends and family say about you guys being plant-based? What is the response um, from people so around you? Different, I find I get different reactions from different generations. Yeah. Um, my generation is quite open to a plant-based lifestyle. It's yeah. it's it's just where we're growing up. Um, my parents' generation, it's a bit harder because they're especially... Man, they know my dad is the meat guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like when you invite him to a braai, he brings the meat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's 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 been hard for them. I think. Um, I know they've like some. They've got issues with. I don't know. Maybe if they think it or if it is actually happening, but like they say to me all the time, they think they don't get invited out as much for dinners or like two houses because people are nervous. Not nervous. They, I don't think they know what to cook for. It's they don't know what vegan is. It's actually an excuse. Mm. I find that people don't want to invite you because the same thing happened to Mark and I. Yeah, they didn't invite us. They'd say it was we don't know what to make, but actually, they felt that the very fact that you were eating differently Mm. was passing judgment on them, and they feel uncomfortable around you. Yeah, so they'd rather not have you Mm. around. So they use that as an excuse. Yeah. So in fact, what your parents and you'll probably find this in time as well is that your Friends team seem to change. You start with a group of friends, and you're used to doing certain things with them. Yeah. But as time changes, you actually start to mix with different people who have the same kind of values as you because you're concerned about mm. your body and you're concerned about the environment and you you're in a place where you've been successful yeah. and the success is something you can you see your mom and dad you can see they've lost weight they look yeah. healthy so. When you stand next to somebody whose eating habits are out of control, yeah, you automatically they'll judge themselves, and yet they feel you judging them, and they don't want that discomfort. That's what I feel all the time. Yeah, like so, it's easier to not have you around, and that was so amazing about you getting your parents involved because you've got your your family is involved, mm. and I know your sister. My sister as well. Yes. No, no, no. The, no, it's amazing. <clears throat> got my sister. They were down here now. My sister's plant based for two three months yeah that's amazing uh, her daughter is like she's she's i would call her plant centric yes um she's obviously her uncle i'm like young my sister's a bit older than me um so she's she's got a relatively young uncle i think she's at a school that all the all the other kids uncles are like much yeah. older so i'm like the single cool uncle coming to school and i've gone plant-based so i think she like takes notes uh, of a lot of things yeah. I do. So I've got to be conscious of that fact as well, of like what I do in my life. Um, I haven't, like, she's the only person in my life that I haven't broken the news, like told her about the intricacies of, of rehab yet. Um, but anyway. Um, but when she's 16, she may ask you. No, 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 I'm ready to tell her now. So yeah. like if it comes up, I'll tell her. She's old yeah. enough. She's 11 now. But she, um, she's starting to be like conscious of what she's eating. So she's yeah. asking questions, you know, like, I don't. I don't want this. She might still eat a piece of beef, but she's like, oh. I don't want the beef with antibiotics in. Yes. Um, okay. So she's she's coming away. Um, my sister's husband is not yet, yes. and he uh, when when he's I he's Italian, isn't he? Um, he, no, like Spanish descent. Spanish. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah, they like. He's the food. biggest meat eater. Yeah. Like he comes here and he wants T-bone for breakfast. Yeah. Um, but not anymore. Like he like will only he has red meat once a week now. Yeah. Um. 
He Good. eats a vegetarian meal, I think twice a week, exclusively vegan yeah. with my sister cooking. Um, so he's also sliding off a bit. Yeah. Um, it's, and I, I find that with a lot of people. So like my friends that were hard up with me, you know, yeah. or like chirping me that you're doing this, they're trying it and seeing it. Yeah. And I'm the type of person that if you invite me to my ho- uh, to your house, I'll, like I offer my services. I'll, so like, yeah. I'll come cook. Yeah. I'll come an hour earlier and I'll come cook the vegetarian yeah. side of the meal. Yeah, and I'll make an effort then to yeah, well, cook it so everyone else is Somebody like you as a friend, I mean, who, what's not to like about that? <laughs> oh no, it's like a bonus, right? Yeah, like totally. You, but you you're buy positive, the you're good looking, you're healthy. <laughs> I mean, don't have body odor because that's one of the things. Don't you find the body odor thing a big thing? Oh, it's amazing. But yeah. but but what I do find interesting though about the body odor, the body odor disappears. Yes, so I don't I even I don't even use deodorant anymore. No, you don't. Like you don't have body odor. But if I do eat something that's heavily processed yes. or um. Like, if I eat uh, something with, uh, like, a raw onion yes. or, like, raw like garlic, onion. it comes out quickly. Yes, and like, you can smell it, yeah. like, onion under your armpit. It's, yeah. like, this weird, like, oh, man, that's disgusting. Yeah, it's I crazy. Got, uh, like, your body's so clean that it, it yeah, like, it cleans it out. just comes straight out. You can smell it straight away, yeah. So, something with vinegar in, you can also sometimes smell yeah. vinegar, yeah. So, so does coffee does it to me as well. If yeah. I have coffee. You can smell it. Oh my gosh, that's why I know. Like, that's also a reason I don't drink coffee. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't drink coffee because of I drink ten, it's yes, not one. It's but, just uh, not anything addictive coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, no, it's been such a, it's been such a, um, also a spiritual journey with me changing my lifestyle, my my eating habits because I'm like way? waking up to what I'm eating now, um, like being conscious. So, stopping eating animal products. Yeah. Right. So I did it for health in the beginning, but stopping eating animal products um, and only going plant-based, yeah. I started like obviously like seeing what happens behind the scenes as well. And I became conscious of what I was eating. I was like consciously aware that I don't want to eat something dead. Yes. I want to eat something vibrant and alive. Love, yeah. um, and that filtered, that habit of thinking filtered into my other parts of my life. So I've become like conscious of like just being awake yeah. Whether it's like being aware in a conversation, um, you know, like not being like on my phone. It sounds silly, but it's like it's like just being in the moment. Yes. They teach you that in rehab. So it's yeah. like a 12 stepper. Yes. Um, um, but I feel a lot more aware. I've got a lot more energy ever since I'm eating foods that are alive. Yeah. That's the best way I can put it. It's, yeah. Uh, you, you actually feel, almost feel like your body is dying when you eat foods that are dead like that you yeah, just exactly. feel this like like i've i've offended my body mm. i don't understand how people say they can get energy from a steak like i've got some yeah. friends in like the training world they're like when i eat a steak i need a steak my body needs a steak i'm like but even when i was eating meat i'd, I'd eat a steak and i'd be like want to go to sleep yeah be like but there's adrenaline heavy. there's adrenaline in in meat because when the animal smells other animals being killed it pumps a lot of adrenaline mm. and that adrenaline they could be really sensitive to which would give them a surge yeah, of energy yeah. but it just shows what bad condition their body's in that yeah. their body's depending on outside adrenaline yeah. that their adrenal glands are not working on their own yeah so it's just an indication that they not producing as much adrenaline as they should at the right mm. time. But it's interesting. Gosh, it's it's an amazing journey. Um, and you're studying nutrition now. And how's that? You know, you're looking down your future. You're still sort of involved in business. Um, yeah, so currently I've got 
Um, so the, I'm a jack of all trades yeah. <laughs> right now. So so People there's, like you so there's who a few things. Have addictions mm. or by nature have brains that are on speed when you're healthy anyway. Because yeah. and you need to be involved in lots of different things to keep you interested and energized and you're capable of doing yeah. a lot in a little bit of time. Yeah. So jack of all trades is good for yeah. you. No, I don't, I, don't I, I enjoy it. I, that's the only way I can do it. Like I, so I left the corporate world when I yeah. when I came to Cape Town. Yeah. Um, I was just like, corporate's not for me. Um, I've got a purpose in life now. Like my purpose is like to get the next person healthy as yeah. a as a as a health coach and like as a as a wellness advocate. Yeah. So this is my reason as well. Um, like the reason why I also want to start a podcast. Um, you know. Um, that will come out next week. Um, I've got a brand called Plandurance where it's I'm using it as like an information sharing website um, as well as just to guide people. I would love to do one-on-one -on -one consultations with everyone in the world, yes. but like it's impossible, like no, unless I can clone good. myself. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> I, as like a hobby, I research all the, yeah. every day. Like yeah. I, I've got, I block out time for reading and researching every single day like because it's yeah. just because uh, i enjoy it um and so i'm using my brand plant endurance to convey a message of health and wellness and yeah. help people like the layman just understand people that don't have time like me to study and mm -hmm. to 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 research um to share certain types of research or yeah. a documentary or something and i'm, I'm getting a nice little little community going um, that's fantastic that um i'm still involved uh, with Rose, yes. um, she's got a t uh, mobile tech business where yes. we do a lot of uh, app development that keeps mm. me keeps me busy as well. Yes. Um, and I am with my health coaching. It's also taken me to Los Angeles, so yes. I've got clients. I've got like clients that side, and I'm following. I'm following the very end footsteps. I'm going yeah, there and fantastic. like doing talks. Awesome. Um, you know, <clears throat> the more we can spread the word, the better. Yeah. And then my last stop is something very exciting. I'm hopefully for season now. We'll uh, myself and a friend of mine are going to be opening up a a plant-based type of. I don't know what to call it. It's it's only going to sell one item. <laughs> it's a, it's like a it's I can't I can't release what it is yet because it's not in South Africa just yet. Um, so it'll be a store I, I will or it'll be online. Thing. It's so it's gonna be it's gonna be a store. It's gonna yeah. be fifty square meters. Yeah. Um it's literally gonna it's gonna have one product and that's it. It's gonna be a one stop shop for and it's that one product's plant based. And I promise I'll share with you and your base as soon as we've signed the rental. Oh my agreement. gosh, this is so exciting. Um, Watch the space. I know. I'm 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 very excited about it because yeah. it's it's gone viral all over the world and it oh, just wow. hasn't come to South Africa yet. Yeah. So that's amazing. Um Oh, it's going to be cool. <laughs> Where are you opening your first store? Um, it's in Seapoint. Fantastic. Have yeah. you found a site? Um, we've got two sites. Okay. Um, we've, yeah, we've got, we've got, we've got two sites. Um, we want to open it just in time for all the Joburg cats to come down for the December holidays. Yeah. Um, but it should be in the next month or two. Awesome. So, hey, I'm just hustling, man. I'm just, all right, uh, <laughs> fantastic. Okay, that's like really awesome. Mm. Thank you for your time. I'm very excited about your new projects. Yeah. And what we must do is link any Facebook, any um, 
websites, any any social media stuff, we've got a link to the podcast, but also link to our website. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very social media orientated. Like, I'm a, I left out the part that I do a million endurance races. So I'm also traveling the world doing ultra runs. I've got the sky run coming up now, which is a 100k run. I'm like, I'm fueling all on plant-based Fantastic. Food, you know, so which and is your, also a great message. Your training's improving. You're doing better and better. Oh, so much better. Yeah, I'm like, uh, like I mean, when I I made the South African team for triathlon, like completely plant based, and that's went to amazing. Mexico for worlds. So like, it does work. So anyone that says you need oh gosh meat to train, it's nonsense. Um, oh, fantastic. But so uh, yeah, I mean, you can follow my journey on uh, on Facebook. What um, foods did you eat while you were train while you were during the triathlon you must have been eating something what during the race yeah oh the during the race it was easy so before the swim okay i've got a regiment so before before the swim i'd have um i love from the aim red rushes as well yes, which sir. are the, the beat shots yes, um sir. i love them i had them throughout the race so i'd have one aim beat rush red beach, rush red rush sorry before the before the swim yes. with like a banana Yes. Then I would, in transition, for after my swim, yeah. I had a peeled banana. Yes. And another... Um, red rush. Red rush. Yeah. And then on the bike, I would actually, I prefer solid foods on the bike. Because yes. on the run, I, on the run, I don't eat. So oh. you, with triathlon, you get all your nutrition on the bike. So you yes. eat as much as you can. Yeah. Um, so on the bike, I had your oat bars yes uh the marianne's oat oh, bars good. which were amazing um and easier to chew because some bars yeah. are quite hard to chew yes, especially yeah. when you're racing um along with the aim i think it's called peak endurance yes peak endurance, uh, yeah yes. the peak endurance it's the grape Put your the dried grape electrolytes juice. back in yeah electrolytes so that's what i drank on the bike and then um on the run nothing then it was just burn burn what calories time? and fat what time you do um so that was so i i ate the same thing whether it was short distance or long distance okay so you the only thing i added to long distance so that that was short distance so short distance is one and a half k swim 40k bike uh 10k run and um, then half ironmans i did the same which is 1.9k swim 20 uh 90k cycle 21k run and then this year i did ironman which is double that so 3.8k swim 180k bike, 42k run. And how long did um, that Ironman take you? That took me just on 11 hours. Um, Gosh. I added, I did take baked potatoes with me though, in like okay. a little uh, uh, run, one of those running moon bags. Yes. I took it on with me on the bike. Yes. Okay. So I ate a lot of baked potatoes yes. with, with uh, just drizzled with olive oil and salt, yeah. um, which was amazing. Like the Delicious. Best. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I wish I actually had more. I, yeah. I think I took like, must have had about 12 you're kidding. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that was amazing. But it's uh, 11 hours. I mean, it's hectic. No, it was hectic. And then I did the same thing for Comrades. Okay. So I did Comrades two months after that. And, and then, how long did Comrades take you? Um, oh, my gosh. I suffered in Comrades. I suffered from hyponatremia, so overhydration. Drank too, more, too much water, yeah. Yeah. I've, first time that's ever happened to me. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, medics wanted to pull me off, and then I had to... Fight them push off. through i'd like fight them off they literally wants to disqualify me and put, it was 20 k's left and i walked the last 20 k's um so but that wasn't a nutrition thing because i was key on my nutrition 
like I had potatoes with me, I had your bars with me. Yeah. Um, I ran in a trail backpack, so yes. I, I could have my own stuff with me. Yes. Um, my thing was Durban was hot, yes. and I was like, I'm not dehydrating, so and I'm going to drink at every stand. Okay. But I didn't know Comrades is so well organized yeah. that every 2Ks they've got a drink stand. Oh, but that's almost too much. So yeah. like 90Ks, you know, every 2Ks you've got 45 drink stands. Oh, my word. <laughs> no, that was too much. Okay. So, no, it was way too much, and well, it was, was too late to How many kilometers? Just so uh, 89, 89. 89 kilometers. So how long uh, did you, you ran, take this time? I ran, it was the up run, yeah. and ran, so you run from Durban to Peter Maritzburg. Um, it's that race, I can tell any South African, it makes you proud to be a South African. And if you love running or if you don't love running, train to do comrades because it makes Ironman seem easy, um, but it's it opens your eyes to just like the love of the country. Like there's no racial divide, there's no mm. religious divide. Like when you're on that course, the support that you get is amazing. Anyone will help you mm. and like, the runners on the route will not let you go down. So, like, if you're cramping or if you're They'll hurting, you. they will stop and pull you. Yeah. Like, I, I think I must have, like, it's so uh, like, amazing. I had tears, like, most three or four times in the race. Like, when you start alone, it's the national anthem, then Shorzalosa. Yeah. And then at the end of the race, you're crying because you're so sore. <laughs> <laughs> How long did your recovery take? Um, so that was interesting. Even though I had a bad race, the next mm. day I was I was smashed. I, I did have a massage the next day. Um, by day two, I was I went for a run already. You kidding? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I was I was stiff-ish, but I, I promise you, I was more stiff after my first half Ironman race than you were. Off than I was after comrades. That's amazing. Um, and that the only difference was diet. So next year, you know how to do it better. Oh yeah. Oh, but when I finished Comrades, I was like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. Um, and now you want to do it And then the next again. day, I, no, 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 I'm definitely, I'm doing the <laughs> down I'm just not going to drink every stand. So I'm excited. But um, yo, I'm prepping for the, the Sky Run now in, in November, which is a 100k off-road trail run. And where is it? And that's, that's in the Lesotho Highlands. Oh, gosh. Um, okay. So that's going to be interesting because that's like… It's high altitude. Yeah, so a sky run, you have to be running at over, above, I think, 2,200 meters altitude, which is 7,000 feet altitude at all times. Um, oh and it's self-supportive. And it's like between the winners did it in 15 hours and you've got 30 hours to run it. So you, oh you pretty much bank on 20 hours maybe. So it's like through the night. Um, oh, lots of baked potatoes. Yeah, for sh- <laughs> no, definitely. Like, I think soup. I'm taking yeah. a flask with. <laughs> Potato soup. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, I'm I'm t- I'm thankful I can only get through these big races um, mentally and physically because of a plant-based yeah, diet. That's amazing. So, Carrie, but thank you amazing. for for well, pushing me in this w- direction. I didn't push you. I just gave you information. You pushed yourself. Yeah, but you've been feeding me with a hell of a lot of information. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's uh, very worth it with somebody like you. It's just meeting people like you who change their lives. Yeah makes what I've been doing so much worthwhile. It's like, yeah. I feel so proud of you. And I'm like, <laughs> want to introduce you to everybody. And, and I'm so grateful that you've done this podcast because now everybody out there, we've got a great database of mm. about 20,000 people. And I hope they all listen to you and start following you and yeah, finding out geez. what you're doing. So I'm going to be thrilled. That would be amazing. We can Thank follow you, so you and go, maybe all come down and... Let's run comrades with you. I know. Oh, come run comrades. <laughs> It'll be amazing. I know Mark wants to. I know Mark wants to. I'm still going to get him there. That's an unnatural distance. You're going <laughs> to damage your knees and then you'll have a problem forever. 
And I know, Mark, he can't he can't pace himself and do it at a sedate pace. He'll want to yeah. just floor it and go for it because he's a natural runner. Oh, that's amazing. I'm going to get him. Yeah. But he needs to train. And so if you get him on a training program. Yeah, it's it's a... Uh, it's it's just fascinating, man. I, yeah. I can't explain the emotion in one race. That, yeah. That's why it's called comrades. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I well, mean, everyone um, must you, keep you, you, you've spoken so highly of it, and you, I can hear how passionate you are. For the first time in my life, I'm thinking, I think I'd like to actually do that. <laughs> yes, I can't wait. <laughs> I turn 60 next year. I should do it for my 60th birthday. Do I have enough training time? Um, to year? So what's the date now? July. So you've got... Like yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You've got enough. Okay, you're gonna you've have got to train time. us. No, no, no. Okay, we've you've got, got to deal. start slowly. Watch the space. Gary's gonna yeah. train us for comrades. <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> okay. I'm so excited. <laughs> thanks well, so Gary, much. Thanks a lot.